For you too, so okay, I understand. <laughs> I see what you're doing in the land of the red people. I see what you're That's doing. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I see what's going on over there. I, I don't have any animals. Uh, I have two kids. So um, exactly. <laughs> enough said. Enough said. I, I have two kids, two small children. Yes, and they tear up everything. But uh, man, listen. For those that are listening, for those that are watching. Uh, welcome to another episode of Talk My Credo Podcast um, with, you know, yours truly. They call me Dante, um, my brother from another, Craig Mack is in the building, and we found a long lost child. We found hey. him. We found him. He is here. <laughs> he is here. So, man, y'all crazy. Big E is here. What's up, I've been man? hearing What's about up? for the last couple of episodes. Big E is in the building. He's also, you know. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, people? Like, you know, we all literally grew up together. So uh, it's a pleasure to have you here, sir. I'm, I'm glad. It's a you pleasure to be here. Air Force One. And um, <laughs> get Secret Service clearance to come talk exactly. with us. So, <laughs> man, I'm, I'm I'm just happy to be a part of the hottest podcast right well, now, man. You know, I know that's know, the truth. Y'all know me; it just is what it is, man. It's all right. Y'all be exactly. Okay. But uh, exactly. But yeah, man. There's there's a lot that continues to happen. Like, I don't. <sighs> Let's go ahead and get the obvious out the way. Okay. For those who literally do not have any source of social media or a phone, you know that Nate Robinson got knocked the fuck out. Ooh. And, uh, <laughs> so, wow. I think, he, I think he's still sleeping right now. Jump, we just going to jump right in. Huh? We got to. We got to go ahead and get the obvious out the way because that's what everybody's talking about right now. He's sleeping right, right now. I did, I did a little video earlier. I threw it up on my YouTube channel. Y'all go subscribe to that. And, uh, you know, just, just talk about what I thought about it. But, like, what did y'all see? Like, <laughs> as far I mean, as, as far as like, was there anything particularly strange you saw about the fight, or was it just someone was just completely outmatched, outclassed, their tactics were wrong, or you just couldn't fight and you got your ass whooped? What, what did you? What did y'all think about it? Well, for me, just for the simple fact that Jake Paul is is like an internet sensation type of guy he's uh-huh. a he's a youtuber he's a he's a social media guy but he's been fighting for like the last two years he's actually been training to fight and so like the thing is like nate robson just totally totally looked out of his realm in anything he didn't even look like he was a damn athlete last night and nah. so i mean <laughs> he just shouldn't even have been there so <laughs> i mean that Well, well, let me tell you what I thought. I just thought he he didn't look professional enough. Uh, he basically got caught because he was trying to be aggressive, and that's when he got put to sleep. So it's one of those things of like most bosses know: don't chase your opponent; let the opponent come to you. Can I interject for a, I interject for a second? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Boxing is one of my favorite sports. And boxing is one of those things where it takes real skill, 
and it takes real athleticism, and it, you have to be a certain type of person to get in the boxing ring. And from what I noticed from Jake Paul, he's actually he's actually a good boxer. You know what I mean? Like he yep. he actually looked yep. like he knew what he was doing. So he he looked like he was actually wanting to. Uh, he it looked like he was actually wanting to. Well, I think. I guess, well, I think. Well, you know, well, do something with your volume because your volume is kind of low. Your volume is kind of low. Is, is it low? Or can you hear me now? I think it's too high. I think it's too high. It's coming, it's coming out of the speakers. Coming out of the speakers. Yeah, okay, it, is that that feedback that we're hearing? I got it in this. I got, yeah. I got it in this. Yeah. Yeah. You need me to take it out of the yeah. Five minutes later. I found out how to do it. Hey. Now, this is what, this is what happens <laughs> when you just join the world's best fucking best podcast. You learn how to work the goddamn volume. And I just learned how to work the volume. I'm sitting here like, why these niggas sound like they are yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> I just figured out how to work the volume, so fellas, I'm here. I'm ready to get this show on the road, so let's do this. All right. Let's do this. Nate Robinson got his ass whooped. <laughs> Why do you think he got his ass whooped? Do you think he got he his ass whooped whoop? because he got hit in the fucking face three times? <laughs> <laughs> That's how he got his ass whooped. But it's the problem. He, he didn't have no business in the boxing ring last night. He had do you no. Think, do you think he was overconfident? Like, as far as, because just the way he was trying to fight Jake Paul, did he just think that he was going to just walk him down and just bully him across the, the ring or what? But, like, just just the fighting style. All right, so look. All right, peep this. So, <laughs> so y'all can see this, right? Exactly. I can see you. All right, so I'm not going to play it all the way through. but Okay. Just a little bit of fight. Y- y'all see that? He's too. He's chasing him. He's too aggressive. Like, but then they're like, okay, that when I first saw that in the beginning, I believe that that was the first that they just came out the ring. So all right, so just like everything from the feet work, like the way he's throwing punches, like he looked like he was about to scoop him. He thought he was yeah. in the hood. Yeah. He, he thought he was in the MLA. back alley. He was getting ready to scoop, dude. Like yeah. <laughs> he he fighting for pride. He don't want to be embarrassed. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like you get like embarrassed. Is <laughs> wild. So I, I want to see if I can get to um, the first one where he got dropped, and it was towards the end of the first. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> All right. So the whole time he's just running them down, chasing them down, and then he's gonna do it again. Run, 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 pop. <laughs> it's just so funny to me. Oh. Uh, a lot of people are saying that was an illegal hit where he got hit in the back of the head. Do y'all think he got hit uh, in the back of the head? Or the it's side? a combat sport. Combat yeah. sport. Like, it looked at him like, hey, hit. what's going on, man? But, nah, I thought he was done then. But but that's basically the, the end of it. Like, you know, the, the fight's over. I done skipped through the fight already. Uh, This is the thing, like, Nate Robinson is a you you know what, man? You can't take nothing away from Nate Robinson from his basketball skills. He's 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 5'8". You know, he he's, it reminds me of Spud Webb. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can't take away from nothing that he's done on the hardwood. Right. But <laughs> you don't play boxing. 
Boxing is something you got to be. Boxing is a sport for warriors. Boxing is a sport for someone who's going to get in there. And once you get, like like Mike Tyson said before, everybody has a plan until they get hit in the mouth. They get Nate Robinson mouth. probably looked at Jake Paul and said, man, look, this guy's a YouTuber. He's a social media sensation. I'm going to go in there and whoop his ass. Mm -hmm. He got hit in the mouth a couple times, and he found out Jake Paul was for real. And, you yep. know, Jake Paul's been – this ain't Jake Paul's first fight, anyway. Right. So he, he's he's been training for this. So, but you, and you now, know what? Jake Paul, the, Ray, the, the main thing I'm, I'm gonna share this. I'm gonna share this one more time and just share the the, the knockout, so to speak. But um, the main thing that showed why he uh the difference the difference is the training. So, like looking exactly. at the the knockout. I'm just going to go to the, not that one. He got bopped in the back of the head. He got knocked under the ropes. So he looked just like with Martin. With Martin. Yep. He just, just like, like Martin. Martin. All right, man, knocked him through the But ropes. watch this sequence here, and this showed the training that Jake Paul had, and just the whatever the hell Nate Robinson was doing. So just watch how he ducks that hook and hits him with the counter. Like y'all saw that? Exactly. It was like he ducked under Nate Robinson's uh, left. I don't know if that was a hook, a haymaker, a cross, or whatever. But he ducked under his uh, left cross, I'll just call it, ducked under that and hit him right on the chin, dropped him. Like, that's textbook. Like, textbook. 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 No, and ducked it. So it's like, <laughs> and put him right he down. Hit him. Like, and, and that's the difference. Like, that was the difference. And I thought that... Um, I thought Nate Robinson's team set him up. I don't know why they thought – I don't know why they were so confident. Uh, but, you know, it – now he's, you know, a meme for the day. And, and he'll be – He's going to be a meme for a while. Right. <laughs> so, you know, but that's it. That's it. So, Nate Robinson, you played yourself. Congratulations. Big time. And Big time. That's it. What did y'all think about uh, Tyson and Joe and Roy Jones Jr.? Man, I um, think it was just two old dudes that shouldn't have been in the ring. Listen, you want to know who the MVP was from that entire night? The Snoop Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> Snoop Dogg's commentary you know was hilarious, man. He said you know it was what? like it was like two uncles fighting in the backyard. He's like he's like my two uncles fighting in the backyard. Let me go get my grandma. <laughs> I was glad to see I was glad to see Tyson and 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 Roy Jones in the ring last night. And I'm gonna tell you why because we grew up. I was we were born in the '80s, so we we caught the tail. We were catching the. We were too young to know who Mike Tyson really was. Right. We had Mike Tyson punch out, but we didn't know who Mike Tyson really was. And but we started about 94, 95. We were getting older. Mike Tyson had done went to jail for that rape case. We don't know if he did it or not, but he was in jail. And when he came out, we never got to see Mike Tyson that our forefather, like, yeah, our parents, right. like Iron see. Mike Tyson. Our, we, ne we didn't get to see Iron Mike Tyson. When mm -hmm. Mike Tyson came out of jail in 95, I mean, he was not the same Mike Tyson. When he got in the ring with Evander Holyfield, you could tell, like, mm -hmm. He he got outclassed. Yep. When he fought Linus Lewis, he got outclassed. Roy Jones Jr., to me personally, is one of my favorite fighters. And I know we had talked about it. I'm a, if we have time, I want to give you my five top fighter list. Mm -hmm. But uh, Roy Jones is one of my favorite fighters. I watched Roy Jones in the 
late 90s, early 2000s, and he just couldn't be stopped. He was mm-hmm. a showman and everything, man. And I think when he went up to light heavyweight and he won the light heavyweight championship of the world, and then when he came back down to fight Antonio Tarver, he was never the same Roy Jones. And I don't think he ever yep. was able to regain that glory that he had. So to see them both last night, it done my heart good because Mike Tyson is nowhere near the egotistical maniac that scared everybody <laughs> yeah. back in the day versus who he is now. So, I mean, me, it done my heart good to see him. I mean, of course, they, they were they were two old guys fighting, but, you know, I mean, hell, if I could go out there and strap it up one more time and play football, I would love to. So, right. you know, well, it's, it's, you asked for the amount of money that they made. Exactly, uh, million dollars. I mean, a hundred dollar pay per views. I mean, <laughs> Tyson got tens. Yeah, so that's not bad for going eight rounds. <laughs> Tyson got ten for an exhibition match. That's not. You want to know how much Nate Robinson got for his exhibition ma- match of getting knocked out? Six hundred dollars. <laughs> That's it, for real? <laughs> yep. Yeah, $600. No, he got more than that. $600 he, to get he, your ass knocked out is terrible. He 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 got a PS5 for getting knocked out. <laughs> My goodness. He, he got a PS5 for, for his trouble. That is terrible. <laughs> that is terrible. Uh, I wouldn't even show my – you can't even show your face in – you can't even show your face in, in public no more after getting your ass beat like that. No, nah, you know what's going to happen? Everybody going to think they're going to uh, knock him out and everybody going to start running up on Nate. <laughs> they're going to start running up. You can't even go to the Nate. store no more after you got your ass beat like that. Listen, man. I got to I gotta be honest. Raphael, you are 100% correct. He only got paid $600. Yep. <laughs> $600. <laughs> he got paid a, a PS5 in a couple of games. And, and, and he got all the damn Sonic rings knocked out of his ass last night. <laughs> that's, that's why they gave him that PS5. Go collect them rings again. Because you got all them shits knocked out of you. <laughs> but, you know, I'm with you, E. I, I really liked um, – I, I liked seeing the fight – you know, I wasn't expecting to see this spectacular show, but they did show glimpses that they still got it, per se. The technique, yeah. the forms, like Roy Jones, he got the dancing around in that ring. Now, he can only do it for a few seconds, but he was still yeah. dancing a little bit. And that that patented jab that, you know, normally, you know, you know when they teach boxing, they teach you to watch the shoulders. So you're you watching the shoulders, but Roy Jones had that thing where, you know, he would kind of psych you out with his shoulders. And then mm-hmm. on the down movement of his shoulders, then he'll pop you with the jab. Mm-hmm. He got he got Tyson a few times when he'll pop it with that jab, and then he'll kind of roll on out the way with that shoulder, and then he'll start dancing around the ring. I love that because like that's what made him unstoppable. Like no one could stop that jab. He would he would hit you with one of those showmanship, then pop you with the jab. Like he would kill you. But Tyson was exactly. going for his patented. Body head. He was going for that body, then the head. He did that like a few times. He almost he almost caught uh, Roy Jones a few times. Uh, hey, well, you seen the exit interview? Roy Jones said, "I he made so many words." He said, "I don't want to fight no more." Yeah, so, he was uh-huh. like, you know, he was like, "Well, we'll do it," but I mean, we we may not. But if they do it, I don't care. We can do it again. You know, if it makes sense for my family. Yeah, if it makes sense. <laughs> So, they better sit down and just keep doing exhibitions. I don't think we're going to see none of them fight for the right. heavyweight champion. Like, I, I, I do so. not want to see them do that again, honestly. No, um, no. It was no. really good to see. It was really nice to see. You know, it was a, a good walk down memory lane for what I could remember. So, of course, I went back 
uh, and just to kind of, you know, look at those highlights and, you know, go through the stories to see exactly how badass uh, both of these fighters were, which, you know, so the question now looms in their primes, what would you think would happen? Tyson? Yeah. In his prom? Yeah, in prom. Prom Tyson, prom yeah. Roy Jones. Can I take the can I can I can I take the can I take the scientific approach to that? Uh huh. Mike Tyson. I don't know I mean. <laughs> uh, listen, I take nothing away from Roy, but you got to remember, Roy is not a true heavyweight. He yeah, he's not a heavyweight. Weight. Yeah. So and and if for them to fight at the heavyweight bout, all he can do is jab and run from Tyson. He can't really engage in Tyson's prom. I mean, that's a great segue into the question. And I don't want to overstep no bounds, no, Rappy. I know you're the host, but I love sports. And like I said, I'm a I'm a boxing historian. I love boxing. Uh-huh. And uh if we're talking about heavyweight, because heavyweight is the is the gold standard of boxing. Mm-hmm. So let's just stick with heavyweight. Who are your top five greatest heavyweight champions? Muhammad. Yeah. Muhammad. I- Ali, definitely going with Ali. Uh he he gotta be on that list. You know what, uh, Craig? Go ahead. I'm talking over you. My bad. No, you good. Uh, Muhammad is at the top. Um, I, I I like Sugar Ray too. I, I thought he was great as a champion. But Sugar Ray was, was never a heavyweight. Let's, let's stick with heavyweight. Heavyweights. Heavyweights. Sugar Ray was Muhammad, heavyweight. Tyson, Foreman. I, I, that's my top three right there. That's your. Well, I'm, I'm a. My my top five is, is I'm gonna throw a name out there y'all might not remember, but Jack Johnson. That's my that's Jack my Johnson. number one. Yeah, yeah. he got he and got a lot why, of reason why I put Jack Johnson number one is because he fought in the late 1800s to yeah. 1930. He was the first African American heavyweight champion of the world. Mm-hmm. He never lost a fight. The fights that he fought went 15 to 20 rounds, mm-hmm. and he was a bare-knuckle brawler. So mm-hmm. I'm going to always put him number one. But also right up under here, Muhammad Ali. He came in. He was the youngest heavyweight champion of the world. He was lightning fast. He was, he was, too, he was huge to be a heavyweight, but he moved like a welterweight, and he, had, he was so fast that you couldn't even see his, where his punches were coming from. Mm-hmm. He lost his title because of the social injustices that were going on in the 60s. And if he, if he had not lost that title, I don't think Muhammad would have got beat. He was out of boxing for three years. And when, wow. he, came, when he came back, he, rega- he, lost to, he lost to Joe Frazier. He lost to Joe Frazier. Mm-hmm. But after that, he fought Foreman and regained his title. Yep. He fought Frazier two more times and won. He lost his title again to Leon Spinks. He came back and won it again. Now, after Joe, after Muhammad Ali, I'm gonna put Joe Lewis, who was who was the second black heavyweight champion of the world. He yeah. ran the 40s, 50s, the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Uh, uh, he had some great fights with Jake LaMotta. Uh, he served his country. He I mean, Joe Lewis was the consummate uh, heavyweight champion. And then right after him, I'm going with Mike Tyson. That's, I mean, that's the baddest man on the planet. I don't see nobody. I, I, I don't know. Just Tyson just a bad man altogether. And I was happy to see him on his, you know, humanitarian, philanthropic 
vibe. Just, you know, joy to the world. You know, I live my life. Now let me help others. You know, I was really liking that vibe, even though right. I, I got a little concerned because, you know, the end of the interview where they kept asking Roy, you know, well, were you scared? What are you thinking about it? Which I thought they were disrespectful to Roy, honestly. Yeah. It was like, like, bro, I'm a grown ass man. I can fight too. What are you talking about? Yeah. But, uh, but when they was asking him, well, Roy, were you scared? And, and Tyson was like, what about my ass? I ain't fought in 16 yeah. years. What the fuck? So I was like, yeah. like oh, shit. Um, but overall, I, I thought it was a good event. It was a really good I event. I think that's just who he is as a person. He, yeah. he probably didn't mean yeah. no harm. But nah, I, <laughs> no, I, I knew no. he was talking but, shit. But, but, that's, but what we're talking about is Tyson's technique. Yeah. When you see Tyson fight, it's not that he's hitting you with a jab and he's moving with mm-hmm. some grace and – and his skill is such time. No, he's hitting you with knockout power blows mm-hmm. that you can't do nothing about. Grown men, 225 yep. and above, getting knocked out. It mm-hmm. scares other people. Yep. So, yes, that, that commentator, he's asking questions as if he was in the ring because he would be scared to step into the ring with Mike Tyson. And with, with good reason. I mean, not yeah. saying he don't have good reason. That's true. I don't know. I if they give me a two hundred million dollar payday, I'm going in there. But I'm taking that that first week. I'm getting the ground. Uh, I, I will definitely be pulling a Nate Robinson. I'm, yeah, I'm I'll just going to get it over with. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm, I'm done. Exactly. I'm done. You can make all the means about me, but you know I'll be going straight to that bank with it. Exactly. Uh, but but it's but still. Like you, you can't have memes and be a, a a total joke to social media and the culture. With only a six hundred dollar pay. Hey, what did you say to your mom after you get your ass whooped like that? Like, <laughs> well, he my, said, hey, mama, I got my ass whooped. He <laughs> said, I made six hundred dollars. He said he was doing it for the culture. That's what Nate Robinson said. That, yeah, yeah, for, for, for all the basketball players. That, uh, yep, they got behind him. Yep, mm, they picked him up. But that just also can that also confirms a lot of different uh, things as far as when you see these fake fights. In, in basketball in the NBA where they be you yeah. know, pushing people aside trying to get to one another. Like, oh, y'all can't fight. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to fight nothing about it. And since we on the topic of boxing and you talking about fake fights, that's why I never, ever put Mayweather in my in my greatest boxing list ever. You're 50. You're 50. You're 50. You said heavyweights. Yeah, but but okay. Let, well, since we're on the, well, since we're on the topic of boxing, though, you you're fifty and oh. Let me finish, Craig. Let me finish. You're fifty and oh, and to get to fifty and oh, you fought somebody from the MMA. You you fought Conor McGregor. Like no, his that's last fight was Adrian Bomber. His his last fight was Adrian Bomber. Bronner. No, Mayweather. Get fifty and yeah. to get fifty and oh, he fought Conor McGregor. No, he fought Adrian Bomber. Bronner. Look look that up. You got your okay. computer there. Look, <laughs> his fiftieth fight was was uh, Conor McGregor. Yeah, I, I thought it was Conor. I think it was Conor. He was born in nineteen seventy seven. The hell, that, we don't give a damn when the nigga was born. We want to <laughs> <laughs> so, But yeah, did Mayweather and and Broner fight? Had they had a match? I don't think yeah. Adrian Broner and Floyd Mayweather nah, fought. They nah, were on the I same. don't think they ever they fought. Were, they were on the. At one point, Mayweather was his mentor, and Adrian right. Bonas. Like, Adrian yeah. Bonas, a, he's just a dumbass. Yeah, I don't even want to. Uh, Adrian Bonas, like for Donkey of the Day or whatever. 
our segment is dope or doo-doo. He's definitely Yeah, he's shit. definitely doo-doo. Uh, <laughs> Adrian Bronner is like that, um, you know, you in high school and you got that one chick who has a crush on you. And, you know, she ain't the best looking, but uh, but she's a real good girl, uh, gives great head, and, uh, you know, just does Ooh. everything that you need. But you you two, you crushing on, like, like the prettiest girl in the world in the school where everybody going after and then you, by some chance, finally got it and realized she trash, box is trash, sex is trash, and plus she cheats on you. And then the one chick that wasn't all right, and then she grows up a few years later, and she turned out to be a bad, bad bitch, and then you like, fuck, you, 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 you fucked it up. That's, that's Adrian Bronner in the nutshell. Just, I'm uh, sorry. It wasn't Adrian Bronner. It was Andre Berto. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, nobody cares about that. Yeah. But yeah, that describes that describes Adrian Bronner. Just the choices you make. You had the potential of, of being something and having something really, really special. But you you fucked it up because you thought you can take the easy, um, the easy way in, in your work ethic, in your boxing style, and then you know you you was put on your ass a few times, and now you're you're basically worthless. I think Bronner focused too much on showmanship than actual the technique. Um and Mayweather is the opposite of that. You know, he 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 is the epitome of technique and science. Yeah. Um, to where Definitely. it's boring for the spectator, but it's an absolute marvel to watch if you know exactly you, what's going on. Like yeah, the, the nuances right. of yeah. moving your shoulders. The sweet science. Yeah. yeah. So like the, the, the nuances there, like all that, like you understand the beauty of the science of how this person has thrown almost 200 punches at you and they've connected on 10% of those punches. So it's just all because of different, you know, that's boring to everybody else. But I know if I move my shoulder this way and hit you with a cross punch, then yeah, I'm going to hit you square in your nose and going to make you miss every single time. So like, I understand the science. Is he the most exciting? No. He's like Bret Hart as far as wrestling. He was never exciting. But he was the excellence of execution. And yeah, he was so, the excellence of execution. So, you know. And I don't know what damn Google Craig was using, but 50 <laughs> and over Connor and McGregor. Yeah, it was Connor McGregor. It was Connor McGregor. Nah, that was an exhibition bout. It didn't count. That was not an exhibition match, Craig. It was 50 and over. That yeah, was legit. But they, counted, yeah, they counted that match as far as his, his record. They counted that match. 50 yeah. to 0. Yep. It was all on the thing. We're recording. <laughs> that counted. What's up, girl? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like <laughs> that's I, so I, sweet. Mayweather is just Mayweather is just no, 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 no. Okay, fuck, fuck the Mayweather shit. When was the last time you know your old lady then came in and gave you a spoon and here taste this, baby? Taste this. <laughs> Mine just did it just now. Uh, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but when was the last time? Listen, you ain't listening to what I'm saying. When was the last time they walked up to you and be like, here, baby, taste this? Let me, let me tell you something. <laughs> I've, I've had some good days. <laughs> and I've had some bad days. Listen. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's it's all a I'm saying. For me. That's all a man need. Just here. Today. Look, today is food in my mouth. Tomorrow is the couch and the chair. I don't See, know. You never know around here. That, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's all. So, you know, you have to get I just it. It's take the wins when I can get them. Yeah. 
you know, it's, it's great for men's mental health. And that's what we don't talk about. We don't talk about men's mental health. And just sometimes all we need, just put your pussy on my face. That's all. There you all go. Let for. me taste it. Just, <laughs> that's all I ask. Just <laughs> put it on my face. <laughs> just get this coming j- just like with the spoon. Just uh-huh. come here, babe. Just <laughs> Speaking of mental health, that's that's something we need. That's something that's something oh. black men we need to talk about one day. Too. Okay. Let's, oh, yeah. let's talk let's talk about it today. Yeah. Well it's it's real. Today, cause there there is there has been and I, I'm I'm not gonna go Black Panther just yet. Uh, and this is for anyone who's listening and, and watching or both, whatever you, you're doing right now, like, check up on your friends. Check up on your loved ones. Right. Like, right. even if you they right. may seem like they're okay, check with your friends. If they're really your friends, check on your friends. And just to see, especially the one that seems strong, you know, like the strong yes, one. Check on your strong right. friend. Uh, we've, and, all, we've all been there. Yeah. So it's like you Hell have yeah. no idea the wars that may go on in a man's mind. Uh, and I know I'm, I'm, we're talking about men specifically, but of course you can open up to everybody. Um, I don't want you, um, quote unquote, SJWs in my DM saying I'm misogynistic. <laughs> but uh, check on your friends because, yeah, there's a lot of things we have to put up a front for because we have things that we're responsible for. But you don't know what's going on inside that man's head. Check on your friends. All right, this has been a public service announcement. Uh, pretty soon, I'll be able to put a sponsor's name right there where we'll be getting paid, why I get paid to say that type of stuff. Um, <laughs> and uh, But yeah, but for the time being, check on your friends. Check on your friends. All right, I'm done ranting. That was a good rant. We need that, especially that in, was good. Especially in the black male community. That's one thing we don't ever talk about. And I've seen mental health up. I've seen, I've dealt with mental health firsthand and I've seen the mm-hmm. debilitating things it can do to families, kids, children, hell, even yeah. the person that, that's diagnosed with the mental illness. It's, mm-hmm. uh, you can see the, uh, I mean, no one wants to be that way, put it that way. And it's, it's such a bad, first of all, it's a bad stigma on mental health. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm saying? A lot of times, I mean, let, we got to be honest, man. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're a, you, when you feel like you're a second class citizen or a minority, man, the, the 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 you already have a lot of things against you in that middle you get that mental health card or that crazy card mm-hmm. it's just another it's just another stigma against you and you know what i'm saying it, people turn their back on you so yeah mental health is something that we definitely need in the black mm-hmm. community don't be afraid to go see a, a psychiatrist or hell talk to so hell call me talk to me Max. I mean, I, I feel like I'm an imp or something like that, man. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm. A, I mean, I'm being serious, right, man. Right, I some friends, man. Like, like you know, like you talk to them one day, and then like a week later, they I'm getting a text like, "Hey, man, you know, such and such committed suicide." I'm like, "What?" Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you never know what a person's going through. You never know. You never know. So before you take your own life, man, if you just need to call and tell me, "Fuck you," call and tell me that. Mm-hmm. You know what I, I mean? Need, I need to do that sometime this week. I know. Like, <laughs> since you said it, fuck you. Okay. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, yeah, but, uh, but nah, that that is that is definitely facts, and, and of course, y'all see the you know. Yes, of course, we've been a yes, human. Fuck but. you too. Fuck you too. <laughs> so. Yes. Yes. <laughs> fuck you too. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but uh, 
<laughs> ah, that's that's funny. You stupid, man. <laughs> you stupid. If anybody, they uh, ain't nobody ever watched Coming to America. I suggest you watch I, that. I, yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> it's definitely a Coming to America moment. Um, but yeah, man. What, so what else is on in any hearts and minds? I don't think there's been any uh, political BS that's going on this week. Um, I have been getting some very interesting um, comments and, and stuff that's on these videos that I've been making. So, you know, I've been trying to, you know, build up this channel and, and do a, uh, uh, oh, and as of now, uh, Talk My Credo is on Apple and Spotify and a couple other uh, platforms. So if you, if that's your preferred platform, you can find us there. Um, so yeah, go do that. But when I put the stuff on YouTube, I get some very interesting comments, uh, especially when I talk politically, uh, and, and expectantly so. Um, people think that, you know, if you are talking or have an opinion against Trump, then, you know, you're automatically what they called a cuck. I'm like, what's, what's, what's a cuck? But, um, and it's, it's really interesting because I think the funniest thing that I read as far as the political shit is uh, one, they recounted Pennsylvania, Biden won it. They recounted mm-hmm. Georgia, Biden won it. Biden won it. He spent $3 million to, to have them uh, to challenge Wisconsin, have them do a recount in Wisconsin. Biden won it. Not only did, did Biden win it, there were more votes that were counted towards Biden on the recount. So, like, Trump it made, made it $3 million dollars to have Biden win by a larger margin than what he won by. I thought that was really funny. Um, but other than that, people still continue to, to believe that there is a conspiracy theory where they believe that, you know, the Democrats are going to issue in, you know, the New World Order and... You know, there is the, this global agenda called the Great Reset. They believe it. And I'm just like, you know, if you have the mask, is the precursor to the mark of the beast. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm on the political talk. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much a political anomaly. I like, you know, I don't really belong to no right party affiliation. And, you know, like, I, is this this election is just we've had many conversations in our group text, man, and and you know I I'll be honest, I didn't like Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. Mm-mm. I, I, like I didn't. I'm not a fan at all. And anytime I said something against them, well, I'm a coon. I'm a I'm a like you know what I'm saying I'm kissing the white folks. Like I'm like no. <laughs> If anybody's kissing white folks' ass, it's a lot of the people that voting for Biden and Kamala. Like, mm-hmm. ever since the 60s, you know, Democrats have had their hand in our community, mm-hmm. and they've single-handedly almost destroyed it. And yeah, Pretty it's, much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, sooner or later, like, do I feel like Republicans got African-American or the African-American community's community best interest at hand? I don't think no branch of government has the per se African American communities. I guess the word what I'm looking for. Uh, I don't think they got our interest. They don't have our best interest in hand. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, of to me, they're, they're both 
they're both wings on the same bird. So yeah. well, of course, I mean? of course not. No, no government agency puts our needs at the forefront. But, but, but that's but not how it's correct. done. But let me finish, Craig, though. What I'm saying is, though, it's not just African-Americans neither, though. It's it's American people. None of the, No government puts the needs of the people best interests at hand. So, of course, we're going to, as long as there's going to be an America, there's going to be some type of division. And the reason why that division is created is so, okay, none of us come together to see the bigger picture. I believe in less government for myself period mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so i think innately that a lot of african americans innately at heart are republicans mm -hmm. but they don't know how to see the republican party as being racist you see what i'm saying well so there's they look one at the, particular reason why <clears throat> there's one reason why talk the talk racist white folk like that's true like that's, that's true. basically it that's true. and that's true. even though like and we talked about it during the last podcast. Like we are uh, naturally conservative. Naturally, we don't naturally. want government involvement in our lives because y'all don't fuck with it enough. So exactly, yeah, leave us alone. But the problem is, there are when you sit at the right side of the table, so to speak, you look and see who you're sitting around. Exactly, and when you look and see who who you're sitting around, the racist rhetoric is on this side of the table. And like the overtly racist rhetoric is on this side of the table. So like, well, I can't sit with y'all. So I go sit on the left side of the table. And no, you're not calling me a nigger to my face. Uh, you're calling me a nigger by the policies that you run and by the way you exactly. keep uh, projecting and gaslighting, pretending exactly. to be on my side, but exactly. you're just using me as a front, as a shield, as your advertisement, up as your puppet and like you're using me for your own agenda but you don't care anything about me so it's like exactly. all right so which side do i go now i'm naturally and more conservative but the reason why we don't we've been pushed out of the republican party y'all look up the lily white movement <clears throat> the lily white movement it was around uh early 1900s um this was you know when we were starting to vote we were getting into uh in our own different places of politics as Republicans, but there was some racist white folk who did not want black people in their Republican party. So they created a Lily White movement. It was almost, think of the Lily White movement as white lives matter. Just think of it like that. They said white lives matter. We are, we don't want blacks in our, um, in our party. We don't want uh, blacks holding positions under our in our name and our party's name and so they started deliberately discriminating and pushing black people out of the republican party so they went democrat so when people now be like well what why would you be democrat why would you be democrat well at the point in time where blacks were republicans y'all pushed us out exactly. so you know, and I say white lives matter, of course, not saying that black lives matter operates like the Lily white movement did. Um, but that's basically what their rhetoric was like. It's all about the white man. And we don't want this black man thinking that he's equal to us holding offices under our party and doing all of these things operating like equal human beings. Now nah, we don't want that. We're going to push him out. We're going to stall him out, freeze him out and not give them opportunities to run in any type of Republican office, you pushed us out. 
So now for the next hundred years or so, of course we're going to be Democrat because when we tried to be who we were, y'all didn't like it. So, 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 so my question is now, do you think the Republican Party is going to be become more inclusive? Do you because oh. see like the land, the land, see the landscape of America is now regardless of, and I understand like see like. I always look at things on both sides. So, you know, if I'm a white male, I'm looking at, man, the invasion of, of, of foreigners or, or this, that, and the third. My tax dollars going to pay for for uh, uh, illegal immigrants, this, that, and the third. I mean, I've heard it all. But you're not the only one in the landscape of America. Like, do I do I agree with the alphabet people? No, I don't. Mm -hmm. But that's a legit movement in America. You have mm -hmm. to be inclusive to everyone. And that's how the Democrats won this election. The yep. Demo the, the Demo Joe Biden won because of black people. Yep. Facts. I, I, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. And as a black person, if you voted for Joe Biden, you better hold his foot to the fucking fire. Yep. Because he made promises, and God damn it, you're going to have to start keeping them. Yep. Because every year, every four years, Democrats come into black communities. You you, 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 you give us promises. You say you're going to do this. You say you're going to do that. And shit never happens. Actually, the shit gets worse. Mm -hmm. The only thing, but the thing about the Democratic Party is, though, the way they wash it over is they put minorities in different key positions. You have gay senators. You have female mayors and governors like in Atlanta, like Stacey Abrams. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the Democratic Party, if you look at them ag across a broad, spe a, a broad spectrum, is very inclusive. And if you look at the Republican spectrum, it's white males, mm -hmm. all white males. Yep. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, in order for, I, I look at it like this in order for the Republicans to ever gain a foothold in politics ever again, they're going to have to start being more inclusive. They're going to have to start being more inclusive. Like, I just don't see any other way where, I mean, I, I, know, gay, I know gay Republicans. I don't even, I don't know how they could be gay and Republican because of the policies they want to push. Yeah. But there they, they are gay Republicans. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So, I mean, well, can I, can I put back, push back on yep. that? What's up, Craig? Because we may have changed the presidency, but we didn't change the Senate. Uh, and I kind of think that's where the power really lies is with the Senate. So, yes, we, we pushed out Trump, which I thought he was basically self-inflicted. Had he, had he not tweeted and just not ran his mouth, he'd be president right now. I have no, I have no doubt. Exactly. But, but he ran his mouth, and enough people could see through the veil, so he got pushed out of office. But we didn't do anything about the Senate. The people who right. make the real decisions in America, right. we didn't even challenge their authority. We didn't push anybody out as business as usual. I don't think the Republicans lost as much as we think they did. I think they just lost the head, their their speaking head. They lost yep, they the presidency. Did, they, the Republicans didn't lose their head because the Republicans, most the majority of Republicans do not like Trump. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't because they Trump lost. was speaking out Trump was speaking out against Republican leaders as well. So a lot of the majority of Republicans don't like Trump. Now you got some old heads like Mitch McConnell and, and guys like that that they're gonna always be diehard Republicans regardless. But you know, 
like you said, Craig, I believe if 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 it if it wouldn't have got out that Trump knew about this pandemic, it just didn't tell the American people. Mm -hmm. He'd be, he be resigning in right now. Huh? Yep. You're absolutely right. If oh, it yeah, wasn't for this pandemic, in. he'd be resigning in right now, giving his oath. I mean, I have no no doubts about that. But so the, tell, the me some fact, tell me, tell me, as a as a but let's let's leave let's leave. Let's leave. I'm gonna play devil's advocate. Let's leave the social aspect out of it. Let's let's sure. leave. The, let's leave the the police, the stuff like that, out of it. What do you feel Trump done wrong? Oof! You talking? About, we're talking policy, things of that nature. Policy. I'm talking about just from a policy standpoint. I'm not talking from a from a from a a personal because from a personal level. He well, let me ask. Let me give you the simple answer. So, like, I thought a lot of things that Obama, which you see, <laughs> a lot of things that Obama did were very important. Like, he made the trade deal with Iran, I thought that was very important. Uh, Trump ended NAFTA, I thought that was very important because without do we know what NAFTA is? The, the uh, North American Free mm -hmm. Trade, right? Yep, this allowed North American countries to trade without having to pay tax or tarps or anything for, mm -hmm. for exchanges of goods and services. This right. is what keeps price down. So you right. can make something in Mexico, send it all the way to Canada for free. Or for free. Uh, at least exactly. the government doesn't tax the, me the Mexican companies to do so in America and vice versa. Exactly. The problem that I have about that is if we're talking business, the art of the deal, then when everybody gets a piece of the pie, everybody's happy. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. When, when you decide you want the bigger piece of the pie, you're going to get pushed back. That's why prices go up. That's why inventory goes down, things of that nature. So, as you know, the, the stock market is taking hits. Now, it's a double-edged sword. It's the president's – the president did a good job, then the stock market went up. But it's the double-edged sword. So, when it goes down, it's his fault. And he doesn't take responsibility for anything. So, from a leadership point of view, I, I thought his leadership was horrendous. I thought his decision-making was suspect at times. He didn't exude the qualities what I would, consult, would look for a president or a leader. And I don't think his policies help American businesses other than those that are already making billions and millions of dollars anyway. Mm-hmm. I agree. I don't – honestly, I, I looked at <clears> – I didn't even look at the Trump as a man – because we all know what type of man he is. He's a narcissist. And he's right. always has been. What moved me to have to, to any sort of action was who he was appealing to. Who right. like who were emboldened to be the type of people they really were under him. And it started with our classmates. You know, it started with um, you know, just I'm not going to say their names because the names are irrelevant, but it started with them. Those Facebook wars we would have with them and their friends. Um, and then just looking around and seeing why and how they supported him the way they were supporting him. And I, I, I didn't like it. It was, um, I looked at comedy, like your Chris Rocks, your Dave Chappelle's and stuff like that. And of course they are there to provide comedy they also speak a lot of truth Dave Chappelle was like I don't look at their policies I look at their character 
Um, and, you know, just looking at the character of who this man is and then who are supporting him. And I'm like, nah, I can't go for that. Then I can look into your specific policies and see, well, mm, I saw it like this and I could be wrong. Eight years of people vowing, your Mitch McConnell's, vowing that he would oppose Obama at every waking turn. Anything that Obama tried to do, Republicans were there to literally stop him in the Senate, just wherever. It was to the point where he would give his proposals on things that he would like to do in the future, and they would reject it and denounce it and send it back before they even got a chance to look at his proposals. Like, before it even crossed their desk, they're like, oh, uh, the president wants to send over his proposals for, no, reject it, no. Like, before they even look at it, that's the type of stuff that Obama was dealing with. And that's why I have so much respect for him, because through all that, he was still able to be an iconic figure. Not even so much of being the first black uh, president, but just being one, no scandals, no issues, like, nothing. Like, there was um, division started under him, but it wasn't because of him as far as racist and as far as people, you know, showing their, who they really were, the fears that they believed in. Like, I felt like it was uh, the Republicans that would, you know, fear monger their people. But when it comes to uh, Donald Trump, you know, he was the main one that was leading that anti-Obama you know, rhetoric. And so he was like, I can take advantage of this. I can take advantage of all these people who are scared for no reason. Uh, and I can play on their fear, exacerbate their fear. And then I can get my way to the president. I can steal the presidency. Ironically enough, I can steal the presidency. And now he's claiming that Biden is stealing the presidency. He was like, but you know, you you can't well if you notice if you notice the last the last what the last three elections they've been direct results of the guy prior in yep. office. Mm-hmm. If George Bush wasn't as terrible as he was, if 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 it wouldn't have been for the Iraqi freedom, if it wouldn't have been for what he was doing with with the allies and, and how he knew and the terrorist attacks and stuff like that, George Bush probably would have went down as a good president. But, you know, the shit that he done pushed Obama's first term. Yep. And Obama didn't do anything wrong his first term. He didn't mm-hmm. do anything. I'm, a lot of people, white, black, Puerto Rican, across the spectrum, voted for Obama his first term. Mm-hmm. I don't know what switched the second term. I think a lot, of course, man, you, we just don't want that nigga in office. I mean, of course you got those, you got those. Some really didn't like his policies. Me around his second term, I thought he didn't do anything legislative to actually help the African-American community out. I mean, but you know, what could he do? Oh, but that's a, that's a very valid point. It's not like he didn't attempt Everything yeah. that he put forth got killed in the Senate. That's why I talked about when, when mm-hmm. you talk about real power, it's in the Senate. The president can only do what Congress allows him to do. But yep. see, that's checks and balances, though. So you can't. I'm not, I'm not disappointing about. that. I'm not disagreeing yeah, with that. That's checks but, and balances. But, but as but, a people, but, but we know, as the people, we're not checking the checks and balances with the Senate. 
We don't challenge anybody in the Senate. They make up their own rules. They stay in office as long as they want to, and it's killing us. It's killing us as a people. Exactly. Yep. I, I think there should be term. Well, I tell you what. <laughs> I tell you what. This this election right here, you might see some legislation change, like because <laughs> that electoral college is the fuck some people over a couple times, and they're tired of that electoral college. You know yep. what I mean, like. So, you know, that's something that should have been done away with a long time ago. I mean, if the popular vote wins, why do you need electorates to, to tell you who your president is? Exactly. But, uh, you know, well, let's, well, let's it, go back to the theory behind why we have the electorate. I mean, I know why we have it. I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, like, the electoral college should be done away with because at the same time, look at this. Let's say Pennsylvania, like Pittsburgh and Philadelphia can now change the outcome just because they're more heavily populated areas and they can get those 20 electoral votes. Like, no, that's not, that's not right. I mean, cause look at what, look at what happened with Hillary Clinton. She won the popular vote, but all the electoral votes went to Trump. But that's the, that's the whole point of the theory of the electoral college. If without the electoral college, the theory is, the gang mentality will take over and it won't be a popular vote. It will be a gang mentality vote. So what the, the theory is behind it is if it's just a popular vote, then whoever it, it becomes a popularity contest and it's not based on substance at that point. Well, it's the 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 well it, what name, Craig, name one election that we've done had since we've been able to vote there's been a substance-based election. It's all been a popularity contest. It's about who the fuck you like more. Pretty much. I'm just telling you what the theory is. Yeah. <laughs> well, the much. theory sucks. That's what I'm telling you. If you <laughs> if two beautiful girls if two beautiful girls walk in front of me right now, they both they're both fine. One has to stand out. So I'm gonna search for something for her to stand out. Yep. You see what I'm saying? It's gonna become. What can you do to make me happy? You, what can you do different than this other person? Yep. You see what because I'm saying? Because like, because like, you have to look at very important things like that. So like, you know, if if you got to make a distinction and your your second toe is is longer than your big toe, then yeah, I got to cut you off. You got to go. Yeah. You. I mean, like, if you, I don't need nobody. I don't need no electorate to tell me that. Oh, you need to vote for something. It's like, no, I want to vote for who but, the hell I like. like well, let me, let me also interject this. So this was also part of the compromise in Philadelphia. You see, you had a lot of those smaller states that were worried that those heavily populated states, they would make all the decisions. So they, weren't gonna go, they were not going to make any compromise that they didn't have an actual voice in the election process. So when we say, why do we have electoral system? It's because we have small states in big states. Obviously, California has more representation because it's a bigger state. But nonetheless, uh, Arkansas and Georgia and Alabama, they have representation too. So it's a compromise. You can't mm -hmm. have one without the other. Because what small I, state I, is going to agree to it? I personally believe they should do away with the electoral, electoral college. I personally believe there should be term limits for senators and House representatives. Facts. I believe. I believe that. Uh, let me stop. Let me stop you right there. What you believe is based on what can we do? Because if you want to limit terms, the people that limit terms for senators is the Senate. What senator is going to vote to limit his own? Oh no! Power? 
Okay. None. So then don't worry about that. They ain't gonna change. I mean, I know. Change. I mean, I know. Right. I mean, I know. We you want to get rid of you want to get you like, want to get rid of the electoral college? Then what can you give small states so they will sign off on it? Because as soon as you get rid of the electoral college, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Arkansas, they have no say in the electoral vote. But it doesn't you, matter but, if everybody in Alabama time, votes one way. It won't have any. Yes, it will, Yes, it will, because California can't. Uh, California, as, as a whole, just can't decide a presidency. Everybody in California ain't all Democrat, even though it's a blue yes, state. They are. You have They're people like, there that vote red, but there's more people. Yeah. The number of people in California will outweigh Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, uh, maybe Georgia. The South will have no say. California and New York will decide everything. They will. They will. Yeah, in Texas. Texas. Texas will have a Yeah, state. California, Texas, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota. They don't even need to hey, vote. It'll be but, but, but at the same time, those electorates don't have to vote how the state populist vote wins. So the state of Alabama could actually be red and come December when the electoral college meet, those electorates that vote could vote blue. So you're, I mean, that's the reason why I'm saying, man, it's still, man, the electoral college is, is not accredited. Uh, this is a public service announcement. We've taken their accreditation. <laughs> <laughs> <It's not> accredited. <laughs> no, they're not accredited. I don't know where they got their accreditation from. Uh, if you graduated from there, you, your degree don't mean shit. But uh, all jokes aside, like, seriously, I think uh, the electoral college should be done away with. I think, I think all votes for president, Senate, everything else should come down to a popular vote. And I, I mean, I know there's nothing we could do about Senate term term uh, limits, but I mean, there's no reason why Mitch McConnell or <laughs> what's the other one from uh, Lindsey Graham should still be in Senate with the uh, with that old way of thinking. Like, you but know, they keep getting voted in. They keep getting voted in because of, I mean, of course, South Carolina is going to always be that. What's the word I'm looking for? It's gonna always be that 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 conservative Bible Belt state. And see, a lot of times when people think conservative Bible Belt, the other word they look for is racist. Yep. Like they always put those two together. So I think, I mean, I don't know, man. Like well, um, it's, it's just the the stigma that comes along with it because honestly, they say conservative, but they really mean um, white traditionalist. Traditionalist. So, so and they they want to keep a that's why the message make America great again was so impactful to that group of people because you're dealing with traditionalists who feel like America is getting away from them they want to keep things like uh one of our classmates I'll just say Chris came at me and was like yo you you're not American. You're not pro-American. You want to change America. You don't like America the way it is. You want to change it. I figured you out, buddy. You know, like, so you want to keep things. And I'm like, well, yeah, you, you damn right. I want to change America. And that's, and that's actually more American than what you want to do. Like far as keep things the way that they are, because things aren't perfect. I, there, there is, there is a thing as far as being patriotic as loving your country and loving what it stands for, but then also wanting it to be better. That's just evolution in of itself. Like you don't get to a particular place and be like, I will never change things how it is. Like um, 
how do you expect technology evolves the way that it does? Just, you know, different policies, di different sociologies, like it evolves, it moves forward. And that's why I really can't deal with, you know, conservatives for the most part, because like, you, you're basically telling me you want, you want to maintain a particular tradition, which, you know, they want to say that tradition is Christianity, um, but actually, no, it's white supremacy uh, because America is not a Christian nation. Um, those Christian values that you have are wrapped in dog whistled in white supremacy. So that's why you have those tags in there and why they think, well, conservative or, and, and uh, why you always are tagged as being racist. Well, it's because you are, because even if you were really following the scriptures, then you wouldn't be so hard pressed on the things that you're so hard pressed on. Um, do you think do you think some of these people are actually racist or is this they they just grew up thinking thinking this their whole life? Like that will make you racist, yeah. I do. What what whether you like inherently it's ignorant. like, you know what? You know, um, whether you have just the most egregious, stereotypical prejudice about black people, um, that's how you was taught. That's how you was taught. So whether if you were aware of this or not, I'll liken this to this. And I'm about to reveal my age. Golden Girls. I used to watch Golden Girls. Exactly. There was an episode with Don Cheadle, right? You know, y'all may know him as War Machine, right? So yeah. uh there was an episode where Don Cheadle was there uh, on Golden Girls, and and one of the Golden Girls, I don't know the name, I don't remember that well, but they had, uh, they was going to have this party, and uh, she put up a Confederate flag. And so Don Cheadle was like, you know, nah, do you know what that Confederate flag means? Do you know what, what happened to people that look like me under this flag, in the name of this flag? And And one of the girls was like, but no, nah, that's not what that means to me. It means, you know, my family, my heritage. Uh, you know, I remember my uncles used to do this and, and, and this used to happen and we used to dance and we used to have all these good times and good memories. But does it make it right, though? See, and you say that, and see, and see, you say that, but there's no other group of people that gets treated the way we get treated. Mm -hmm. Because had that been a Nazi flag, mm -hmm. there's no Jew that would have allowed that to be exactly it be present and everybody would have understood they would have been like oh it's a it's a it's a nazi flag mm -hmm. the jewish person is offended but if you put up a a, a confederate flag oh well I, that that's just that's just heritage yeah uh, for some reason we forget they tried to take over the united states by force uh, right they, they call that treason by definition that's treason yep uh, and then you burn and pillage as you go about it. They call that terrorism. Mm -hmm. So, yes, there was dancing and spending time with family, but there was also treason and uh, 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 terrorism and all these other things that go and, along with it. So murder and racism and just like, yeah. And so how you can, you can select which part to be proud of and exclude the other one mm -hmm. is beyond my right. comprehension but that's what indoctrination is see we only want you to know what we want you to know mm -hmm. let, let me go let me go a step further i'm gonna take you to another level you ready uh -huh. why do we have free education in the united states is that rhetorical? let me let me let me no it's, it's rhetorical yeah go ahead 
we don't have free education because we want everybody to be better. We want free education so everybody can work. Mm -hmm. We don't want you to be the head. We want you to work. We want mm -hmm. you to make money for someone else at minimum wages and don't complain about it. It doesn't matter to other people because if you really want people to be educated, what do you have to give them? Higher education. Mm -hmm. Now, is higher education free? No, you have to no, pay for No, you got to pay for higher education. Mm -hmm. Right. This is how you separate the classes. You give them something, right? So they can't say they're at the bottom. But you don't give them enough to get to the top. You give mm -hmm. them a ladder with three steps, but you know the wall is 20 feet. Mm -hmm. So we get that. That's, that's my whole point about it. Everybody from the South knows what happens. But for some reason, they want to bypass it. They want to shelf it. Slavery happened. Your ancestors were a part of it. They made money off of it. They capitalized off of it. Then they passed it down, generation to generation. So when you talk about our classmates named Chris, they are beneficiaries yep. of this oppressive system. They are beneficiaries of a government that has suppressed people of color, mm -hmm. Native Americans. We, they literally took the land from the Native Americans, the mm -hmm. United States government did. And then when they realized they were killing the Native Americans off, hundreds and thousands at a time. Then they said, wait a minute, wait a minute, maybe we shouldn't do this, you know? Mm -hmm. After they took the children, indoctrinated the children, after they created systems of welfare, after they put alcohol into the system and destroyed the way of life, that's when they wanted to make amends. They did it for the Japanese. They put them in internment camps after World War II, and then you said, you know what, we gotta fix them. But mm -hmm. African-Americans, descendants of slaves, there was no compensation, there is nothing to put us back together to make us whole, and there's nobody mm -hmm. trying to fix that because that's the way it works in America. Yep. Then that's America in a nutshell. So when you say you want to change things and they don't understand why, because they don't understand the struggle. Nope. They don't understand the strife. They don't understand the problems that we had to endure, what our people had to endure. So the little education that we have is so powerful because we know to do something about it. Mm -hmm. We're not going to stand still. We're not going to keep things the way they are. We are going to change it. We're going to move it and motivate each other. We're going to be there for each other. We come from, our ancestors come from Africa. We have a village-like mentality, a tribe-like mentality. It's teach one, reach one, reach mm -hmm. one, teach one. That mm -hmm. is the way we're designed. We are not designed to be for just self. Right. That is a European ideology. Mm -hmm. We are designed to be for the village, the group, the family, mm -hmm. to progress together. And that is what we will continue to do. That is what we will strive to do. And anytime someone gets in our way and say, well, you, you're not American. We built We America. built America. Right. There we was nobody more American than African Americans mm -hmm. because we circumnavigated gold 5,000 years before America was even discovered by mm -hmm. European counterparts. Mm -hmm. We built it on our backs with our sweat. We were given a bad hand. We didn't fold. We stayed in it. We're still here and we're still pushing forward. So when they say we are not American, I say you are wrong. We are the only Americans. We are the ones that fight for it, die for it, and don't even, we don't even get the benefits of being in America. We get all the problems that go along with America. But that's all I have to say about that. Man, talk your shit. You know when when you went when you went off uh, off cam and off mic, she wanted you to taste something, did she? Yeah, I had to because, get it because you because you came back with such a a, a vigor and fervor. Like I'm yeah. ready to kill. I'm ready to kill these motherfuckers right now. No, nah, no, you know what? I don't nah, even. But, it's not even a kill. 
It's not. Yeah. I don't hate. I don't hate. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not saying literally. Not saying literally. But uh, but it's a. I'm, I'm speaking more so of just the uh, just the passion of this is the truth. No matter how much you try to gaslight and make us act like we want something or see something that isn't there. No, we right. see it perfectly. We see, yeah, perfectly. And it's exactly how yeah. you say it. So we're going to use. So it's it's that old African proverb. Until the lion learns how to write, the story will always glorify the hunter. So mm-hmm. cool. You, you're, you're conquerors. So, all right. So if, if you conquered something, cool. You control something. But there's one, there's one particular instance that I see that that's not the case. One exception to the rule. And that's when we're talking about the Civil War. For whatever reason, even though they lost, even though history shows that they committed treason, they succeeded from the country, they want to take it over, they were terrorists, they were, uh, they were racist, and just they were the quintessential bad guy, right? Uh, for whatever reason, even though they lost, they sit, and I forgot what it is, I'll, I'll try to look it up uh, after I make this, this quick point. They attempted... They sent like the wives and the and the women of that time. I forgot what they were called. I'm gonna look it up. But they literally were submitting um, literature, books, uh, news reports, and stuff of that nature to paint the Confederates in a different light. To where when you look back, as now as most people do, that's why they believe. Well, it was just you know state rights, and that's if and if you even would even go there, it was just no. Nah, this is just our culture in the South. To the point where it, mm-hmm. his culture went to, to, they're now seen as heroic. You know, like these figures were heroic, but like, but yeah, no, they they, because, they were fighting these these northern aggressors, right? So it's like these northern they, they aggressors were, they were standing were standing up for themselves. They they yeah. were fighting for what they believed in. Yeah, racism. Yes, yeah, Blame. you fought what you believed in. Yes, racism. Uh, the Nazis fought for what they believed in. Yes, they did. But does it make it right? No, because the problem, mm. the thing is, the is, if you would have won, if the South would have won, we wouldn't be doing this right now. It'd be a great chance that we wouldn't be able to do this right now. Like, if if y'all would have continued the way it, uh, y'all wanted to continue, and that's history. So mm-hmm. yeah, it can be it can be two right things. Yeah, you can have your fond memories, your culture, your history, your heritage, but you were also terrorists, racist. Um, treasonous pieces of shit. You can be both. I, I mean, I, I'm comfortable with that. Like, you can have the heritage. Just mm-hmm. don't take out this part about the treason too. Yeah. Uh, don't say it's not hate. It's just heritage because it's ter- it's terrorism. If that yep. was anybody else in America, everybody'd be sent to the to the firing squad. But what? because they were because they were white men that were doing it. Yep. They got pardoned. He pardoned yep. the entire South. Mhm. Yep. And that I, I just find it funny. You know, the, it just would have been a hanging party. Yep. Just hang them all, tar and feather. But you know, it just as you said, uh, and just not to. I'm just going to piggyback. You just that there is, I guess, another reason why I find myself kind of balking against sitting on the right because they also preach, as you say, individualism. You know, mm-hmm. it's all about what you do. That's why when you talk to uh, people, it, whoever's on the right, you know, and you speak of things like the history of this country, racism, 
and then the first thing they do, they bring up an NBA player. Well, look at Michael Jordan. Look at LeBron James. Or even if, uh, which now, talking with uh, a black Republican or a black conservative, they'd be like, well, look at me. I got a home loan that's pretty good. Uh, I got a good job. I got, okay, congratulations. That still doesn't speak to, because they, they, they do this straw man fallacy argument where there's like, well, to debunk or, and to act like systemic racism and things like that didn't happen in this country, I'm just going to use my example and pretend like you're attacking me as if I'm the representative of the entire argument that you're talking about. So it's like, well, you know, look at me. Well, well okay, great. Well, look at me too. I have a, a pretty good life right now. Still doesn't mean that there's no such thing as systemic racism or white privilege or anything of that nature, because there is. And I don't, I don't understand. Well, I do understand it. Um, to where when you have your ones like, and I promise I'm gonna stop mentioning this girl, but she just, uh, she's kissing so much ass and licking so many boots. Uh, Candace Owens, you know, they have the Blake oh. movement. Oh, God. Oh. It is like, okay, cool. You're right. We don't have to be Democrat, but you're being just as stupid thinking that you're going to be a Republican in this day and age with the rhetoric, with the beliefs and everything. Because again, we are not an individualistic people. It's not all about me. I believe that what I do, what I know, what I'm able to attain, that it's my responsibility to pass it down, not only to my children, but to anyone else that it can at least get the knowledge that I have and the experiences that I have. It's like, that's not what humans do. That's not how we came to evolve to being to how we are today. We didn't so I'm a, I'm a, just- I'm gonna I'm I'm interject for a second. What's up? Second. Talk to me, because I, I was about to go off. Now, <laughs> oh, I can tell you. But uh, maybe we ought to say it is what I'm about to ask for another show. Uh-huh. Because you said something that, that was intriguing when you say these, this, I don't know, these people that say, like, I, I know a few, well, I got this and I got that. Mm -hmm. And they say, well, I worked hard for it. I, I decided not to go be a stereotype. I, I mean, not play the victim. Attention. I'm not a victim. Yeah. yeah. So, but, so my question is then, we've all come from Light Oak. We've all come from a similar background. <laughs> we didn't end up like some of our Sorry, friends. I couldn't hear what you said. Well, bitch, listen. <laughs> Somebody serious, serious saying, what you say? What you but, say, nigga? Okay, go ahead. But no, listen, like, <laughs> when does it, when does it stop? When does it be stop being what happened and it starts being what to do from here forward? When, or, I'll tell you exactly we, Let me finish, Craig. Exactly let me finish, Craig. Let me finish, Craig. When are we going to stop being our own worst enemy? Mm-hmm. Because now that we've already established that we already have all these problems, why do some of us as a people keep playing into that stereotype and keep playing into that, I, I, what's the word? Um, why do we keep playing into that, into that ideology? Why do we keep playing into that, well, I got to, play college basketball. I got to play basketball to make it to college. I got to play football just to get to the, just to get to college. 
Why are we not promoting education, education, well, let me, education, let me, let me education? Let me jump in here. Please let me jump in here. Let me, no, I, 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 will, I, will answer, I will answer these questions. Let me finish, Craig. Everything you're saying. Let me finish, Craig. Like, why, do, why do we have Curry, basketball Curry, mentality? Why do we have football mentality? Curry, it's a simple reason. None let of that was designed Curry. for us. Let, it wasn't let me finish, for Curry. us. Let me finish, Craig. Let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> I mean, do, okay, let me ask you this question, then. Tell me how we've been stopped gaining the education. All right, let me let me ask you. Hold on, just answer the question. <laughs> on, a, on a root level, <laughs> tell me how we've been stopped from gaining the education. Because to me, because I think me and you've had this argument before, because I said the one way that we can break bondage is stop being a hindrance to ourselves. And I said the first way we do that is with education. I think you told me economics. I think me and you remember me and you had that conversation, and I said, nope, it's education because. Let's, let me retort. Let me okay, retort. Go ahead. When we talk about education, understand education is designed to separate classes, right? Mm -hmm. When okay. we talk about the straw man mentality, this is exactly what we're talking about. Because if one black person goes to college, he is now the example for all black people. He's the one everybody should be striving to be like. So every, anytime something is given to the black people, you have to look at it as why is it being given to us? Let me go back and answer one of the first questions. Why do we have to go to sports to even get to college? It wasn't designed for us. It was designed for white people. White people do that. They would send their students, their sons, to play football and basketball, and then that's how they would go to college for free. That wasn't designed for black people. We integrated and was allowed to do that. Do you understand? That wasn't designed for us. It wasn't designed to make us better. So when we talk about we have to do better by ourselves, the mechanisms that cause us to be in the situations that we are have to stop creating the situations that are in front of us. When we talk about poverty, we associate it with black people because we know how we end up in poverty. We were never allowed to make money and to enjoy the fruits of labor. We didn't get to pass down generational wealth. We didn't get a chance to even do it until we were free. And then even when we were free, we were not citizens for almost four years. So it takes time for a, a group of people to be able to generationally build up wealth. Uh, they got a 200-year head start. And we got a 200-year disadvantage. Does that make sense? You, we yeah. can't fix our problems if our problems come from other societies and other cultures. And until those problems are addressed on their end and they stop perpetuating on our end, how are we going to do better? Mm -hmm. Here's here's what I will say uh, real quick, and I'll let you guys continue. Uh, first, no, go ahead. as far as what I was um, looking up, that group of, of women – uh, the Southern women who tried to carry on the legacy uh, and to change the narrative of uh, the Confederates. Uh, they were called the United Daughters of the Confederacy. Confederacy, the yep. Um, and they, through a lot of propaganda work um, and with uh, the progress of the projects and things that, that you see a lot of the Confederate monuments built in uh, confederate states they they did that to change the narrative so that's why you thought you know robert e lee was 
was a, such a great man that mm-hmm. you know they believe this out. That was due to the works of the United Daughters of the Confederacy. Um, but just to answer one question, uh, you mentioned as far as like education, which I agree. Now that, that's not to say that um, personal responsibility is indeed a factor. Um, but I think as far as conservatives and Republicans, they they emphasize that too much. Because again, they focus on individualism and not even understanding that the thing that put people in the position that they're in, they didn't do that themselves. Like, mm-hmm. yep, yes, people have made some some choices that has helped them or hindered them. Some mm-hmm. made some choices that have made them who they are or broke who they had the potential to be. But at the mm-hmm. same time, that's not the only factor to make. Um, oh, it's, uh, of course, of so, course, I agree. And so. But the thing as far as the black community as a whole, that's even outside of individualism, is the effects of what redlining has done to those black communities, to where it's uh, stuff like um, you know, not investing in those communities, allowing them to literally crumble and rot from the inside out. Those are why the schools in black communities, why they were so bad. Why they were so under, uh, you know, undervalued because wasn't a lot of money going into them. So okay, well, how are we going to uh, work on uh, improving our schools so we can have better education, better, um, better opportunities and resources for our children? Then wait, well, My you know, apologies. we do that. I couldn't school, hear what you uh, said. Well, goddamn it, bitch! Just sit there and listen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, it's it's why that didn't happen but it's like well you know the the property taxes is what we'll use to uh to fund you know these schools so they'll get money in the schools but are there homes in black communities or do we have projects do we have homeowners in the black community or do we have a bunch of people renting spaces that they don't own there's a reason why they call them the project there's a reason why in black communities especially in, in the inner city areas, why they had us in the area, they built up, while in white areas, they built out because they understood the value of, you know, land, property, building that wealth, equity for their homes. That way, you know, their, their children and children's children are set up for, for success. And while we start with absolutely zero, honestly, it's more like a negative percentage uh, and a negative number where we start because we don't, regardless of if we do well or if we have a nice paying job, you know, we don't have that much money to, to leave for um, our seed to have, you know, some sort of a head start and a good start in life. And, you know, we, our insurance and shit was trash. And so when we died, you know, most of that money we saved is going to putting us in the ground. So, you know, it, that was the cycle there. What redlining has done and continue to affect us with because you go to these inner cities, you still have your projects, you still have buildings that go 30 feet up in the air, you know, 30 stories up in the air filled with black families who are renting to, to stay in that box. And then you go, you know, a few miles over and you got this lush, you know, suburban community that's been there for decades and decades that's been able to build hundreds of thousands of dollars for the people that live, grew up and, and develop in those places. So that's a really big point to where even if you had a child that was, you know, uh, you know, just studious, really, you know, really good with their grades and things of that nature, just compared to everyone else, they still 
had to do more just to meet the average of what was going on in other places. Because, you know, again, you know, how many, um, we went to, um, where we went to, that was considered the white dude. So we had those after school programs, uh, different extracurricular activities, but there was other schools in our area that we would pass every day that didn't. So, and, you know, the crazy district thing that, you know, had us pass a few schools to go to the school that we went to, uh, still didn't make sense to us. But, you know, now that I understand, you know, what some schools had and what <laughs> others didn't, then yeah, I'm extremely grateful, but it still doesn't make it right. Because that one at, that, at the uh, other yeah, school I'm, can I'm have the potential the to be, um, to be, you know, an amazing person, such potential to be great in life, just didn't have the resources to, to tap into that. And so then True. you put them True. into their workforce because now they have a limited education. They have a uh, limited exposure to resources. They feel like the world around them is only as big as that neighborhood or that community. And True. they go work for someone for 30, <laughs> 40, 50 years and do what, what they can. And then they die. And then that debt is passed on to, to the children if they have any. And so the cycle continues. But the thing is, I know we're talking about, we look at it from our standpoint because of our makeup, mm -hmm. but most Americans are going through the same thing too, though. Poor Americans, because we're mm -hmm. the middle class to poor. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Do you not agree with that? Well, of course they are, but the, the circumstances in which you but were created... but, but the system, But the systematic advantage that you've had you shouldn't be in that situation is what you're saying i i'm saying that well first of all we'll we'll go ahead and just call the the grand the grand chi of it all capitalism capitalism yeah, capitalism at the end of the day is 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 why you need these classes <coughs> and the poverty class um you know they they make synonymous with with uh with black with the black community so mm -hmm. When it comes to people like, well, where's my white privilege? I had to bust my ass every day. I worked really hard. Where's my white privilege? I'm still waiting for it. I grew up in a trailer park and blah, 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 blah. Well, there's a difference between if you want to talk about individualism, then there's a difference between you growing up in a seemingly poor position or a poor place, but you still had a chance because you still had your own individual race to run, right? As do we all. We still have our race to run. However, the hurdles we have to jump are far more than the hurdles you have to jump. That's we fact. have, y'all remember that uh, it's a meme. It shows a white man, uh, a white person and a black person, they're running a lane and the white person just has, you know, a clear lane to run. But then on the black person's lane, there's like pitfalls, there's an alligator pit, there's a minefield, there's hurdles, there's barbed wire, just like all these extra um, obstacles. And the white person is telling the black person, just like, stop complaining. It's the same distance. Yeah, it's the same distance. But for me to make it to my end and to make it to the goal, you know, there, there, have, there is more that's systemically stacked against me. So for our Chris's, of the world that say, well, I grew up in a trailer park and, and you know, well, I didn't, I don't have no white privilege. Yes, you do. Because you still have the benefit of the doubt. You still are a beneficiary of the history in which you come from solely based on the color of your skin or lack of color, whatever the case may be. Uh, you still are a beneficiary of that history. Now, because your people did not 
take advantage or made their decisions to not put you in a better position, that's not on the system. It doesn't invalidate the system. It just means mm. since, you, since you are talking about um, individual choices, then that just means there were some choices that your people made um, that didn't work out in your favor that put you in the position that you're in. But you still will have the benefit of the doubt. That's basically what white privilege is. And because based on the color of your skin, you will have the benefit of the doubt. Now, you still will have a race to run because America is a capitalist country and they will run off the dollar. There is one color that will always supersede whatever racism you have. That's green. So, and it's the, the very same uh, system that had, well, I hate these niggas. I don't like wheat. They are inferior to me, but I will keep them because they make me money. So, you know, that, that's how you can have your Donald Sterlings, you know, the former owner of the LA Clippers. Um, so you can have all these type of things yeah. happen and black people and white people quote unquote work together because there's money to be made. But at the same time, when it comes to that white person, um, for this example, who may grew up in a poor area, you still have the benefit of the doubt to where you would at least give, be given the chance to. For us, we have to first be seen as we're not a threat. We have to be seen as we are intelligent, that we are even seen uh, as human comparable to you before we even- I'm looking up something, by the way. So, mm -hmm. so but that's, that's basically how I feel about it. And you know, I'll, I'll see if I can find a more factually based, because I understand when you're having these type of talks, you know, people are one that, that, that they need to know you know, facts, you know, that type of thing, but, uh, which I agree, you know, I like to talk from a factual position where you look at this point of history, look at this, this, this. So you can't just say it's just an opinion. No, this is actually what happened. And, um, I will, what do politicians say when they, when they're ready to stop talking, I'll, I'll, I'll resign my time. I was like <laughs> so but I, I think what you're saying, it, it goes back to Eric's original questions. Like, when are we going to start doing for ourselves? Right. Um, but I, I think I think the thing is, let's, I, you know, I like history. So let's go back. So in the night, coming out of World War II, especially coming out of uh, the Great Depression, World War II financially helped a lot of people, right? The problem that America had was, it sent the majority of white men to go fight in the war, right? Mm -hmm. What means that you need people to work in the factories to build the bombs. This uh -huh. gave people of color and women an opportunity to work and make money for the first time that has never been seen before in America. Mm -hmm. So what you have is you have all these cities that are now bringing in people of color and women and are working while, the, while all the white men are out fighting. And now they're starting to establish themselves economically mm -hmm. because there's so many jobs available for labor, right? Okay. Education is not necessary. You need hands <laughs> and a strong back. That's what we need, right? Thanks. And we don't even have time to be racist right now because we ain't got enough white men to work. Yeah, right. So what, what happened in America was opportunity for people mm -hmm. of color. And as yep. soon as the war ended, Guess what? America didn't need no more. We didn't yeah. need this black and this white woman or any woman workforce because now we have all these white men that don't have a job. Yep. 
So this is when you get what they call white flight out of the, the inner cities. And Man. to help speed this along, have you ever heard of an FAA loan or HMO loan? Yep. These are loans that the American government came up with to assist Did Craig freeze? Basically, what he's about to say was to assist. Um, when you do this, there you go. Am I? Yeah, you you froze up a little bit, but you're back. Yeah, we're listening. So when you do this, you give people who've already had thousands of opportunity, even more opportunity, to own homes with government money. Mm-hmm. Do you know the projects? This is how sad it is. Do you know the project wasn't even created for people of color? It was created for white people. Uh-huh. It was created for white people because when they didn't have a place to go, this is for you. It's temporary. Mm-hmm. You come to the projects, you get on your feet, and you leave. That's how it was designed. And then when white flight occurred, then the blacks came in. This is when the government funding to projects stopped. We didn't get funding again until 1965 with the creation of HUD. All right. Mm-hmm. And of course, all of this was under Lyndon B. Johnson, the Civil Rights Act. So if you don't have these things to happen, people of color still have a more difficult race to, to, to run. And we still continue that to this day. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why it's so complicated for people to see it that way. But that's just me. Well, That's not his lesson for the day. Well, it just it, it requires them to take accountability for their history, and and so for whatever reason they have this disconnect where they feel like any portion of their history is going to vilify them specifically, as if they cannot um, just fathom having to you know go co- concede to the fact that yeah your history and what got you here yeah, your forefathers did some pretty fucked up shit um, to get you to your position. Like, that's not to vilify you or to, you know, make you feel any type of way, but it's something that you need to own. Like, that's why I think, like, America needs a full-on therapy session. Uh, and I said, you know, as far as the black community, for our reasons, but America as a whole, we need a, we need a therapy session. A big, a big one. A I big think, one. I, like, America I think when it comes to, this, to the, I, I think... I think America just need to have one big moment to where you know something just comes in, but like here, just taste this. Just one, just one, <laughs> just one big moment. Just, just one taste it. Yeah, just, just, just come in, just taste this, and then you're like, all right, I'm back. You know, because you, you, you're not you when you're hungry. So you just <laughs> so grab a Snickers, uh, or something. But ah, uh, it's 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 just crazy, man. It's crazy. Look, it is. I don't even know how long we're going, but th- this is some good stuff. I want to put a pause on this, and let's talk I mean, about Hey, listen, I can keep talking. Yeah, right. we know you keep talking. So we can um, – I mean, I got more. I mean, I mean, I mean speaking of just about – like, to me, like – But this ain't the time. We trying to end it. No, I know, but, like, you know what I'm saying? I have a lot of – I have a, a lot of – of friends that don't look like us, like, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. white people, if you want to say Caucasian Americans, <laughs> you know, the Anglo Saxons or whatever. <laughs> and you know, you know, when we talk, you know, a lot of it is just believing before they were able to be around people, just believing in ignorant stereotypes because that mm-hmm. was how they were they were raised. But I think from the kids our age to now, like and and the next generation, you know, like I mean. 
if you if you're racist now and you're just choosing to be like you know what i'm saying that's that's not something you have to be and right. i think the, the average white person the average black person they wake up in the morning they just want to go to work feed their family and be left the fuck alone right yeah, that, which and, is and, true and live their life so i think that's 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 where i look at it as a lot of the things now when we look back over the history of America, I can throw out everything that we just talked about. But I think now it's more because of the way when we the way we look at it, we're gonna look at it the way we look at it because we're African American. You know what I'm saying? So we we felt the brunt of the worst that America has to offer. But now <laughs> white Americans are feeling that too. The middle class. They're seeing what it feels like. Hey, you don't mean shit to us. You, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you ain't got yeah. over one hundred thousand dollars, you can't talk to me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. they're starting to see what it feels like to be less than. What it feels like to have to. Well, my job just laid off, so I got to go get these food stamps. Mm-hmm. I know some of the main ones that were telling me, like, I want to do away with Planned Parenthood, but when their daughter got pregnant, they was down mm-hmm. to Planned Parenthood. Yep. Yeah, these same ones <laughs> that want to do away with food stamps when they got laid off. I see they the ones that needed it, right? They think they think food stamps was created for no, black but people, I, but no, but it what wasn't. I'm, but no, but what I'm saying is, is like I'm 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 not looking at things as racial anymore. I'm looking at it as us versus them. And when I say us, I'm saying the American people versus the government, because no matter how we slice it up. The government and the way America was created was for the have and the have not. Have not. Have and the haves have always created division through race, through socialism, through religion, and through creed. And 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 that's where we are now. As you see, the haves are separated, and here we are. As the haves are separated, we're fighting amongst each other, people. They that they have no clue. Well, you know what I'm saying. I don't like you because you're black. You you you're going to vote for a pedophile. Why that pedophile is making money? While Trump don't give a shit about you. Trump gonna go. If Trump don't win the presidency, he's gonna go right back to his billion dollar Trump Tower and, and sit golf. on that gold toilet and not care about what the hell you think. Mm-hmm. It's a us versus them, the haves and the have-nots. And I think the sooner. We can come together as a people, not just first of all. I think what needs to happen as black people, we need to come together first and have a clear, precise plan of what it is we want and what we need and what the demands are. And I know we were talking one time, I know me, you, and Raffy were talking one time about protests, and I said, Man, I'm against it. And y'all were like, Why? And I'm like, Well, because we're going to protest and they're going to do something, and then we're going to shut the fuck up. Pretty much. And wait for the next incident to happen. And then well, go right I, back out there and tear some more shit I, up. Can I, can I jump in for just a second? I, I think our first no, no, mistake... No, let me finish, Craig. No, no, let me finish, Craig. What I'm saying is... That's going to be the title of this episode. When the true fight... <laughs> the true fight is... Why, the, same people, the same people that are out there protesting, why you don't see them at school board meetings advocating for African-American studies to teach mm-hmm. American history? Why you don't see those same people in there with their kids when their teachers are saying, hey, your kid is failing this class? Why are you not in there 
when it's time to make, you can go vote for your school board members. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Everybody want to scream when it's four, four years is coming up, but you don't want to vote in them local elections or those governor elections when it can actually impact your life. See, the thing is, if you want real change to happen, you got to know where real change is made. Mm -hmm. You don't defund the police. You, re you, you, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not defund, but reform. Uh, I think it begins with an R. Reform? Reform. Uh, reform. Mm -hmm. You don't defund, you reform. Do I think, I, do I think, I, wait, I, I, I gotta answer some of these questions. You're getting so many questions. Let me, let me, let, let me let answer me at least one of them. You, you went on your tangent, I want to go on mine. Because I'm not playing devil's advocate because trust me, I'm Malcolm and Martin in the same body. But mm -hmm. I look at things from both ways. I think protesting is counterproductive because what it happens is we go out here, we make our demands, we tear shit up, and then they do something to pacify a nigga. And then we shut up until the media shows us another incident for us to get riled up again. We're docile until we get riled up. And people know that African-Americans are emotional creatures. They do things to trigger us. Like I was talking to a friend of mine, white guy. I said, man, if, if somebody was to say something about your mama, what would you say? I said, if somebody called your mama a bitch, what would you say? He said, well, hell, she is a bitch. <laughs> like, the fuck? Like, somebody called my mama a bitch, whether she a bitch or not, I'm going to slide you across the floor. You see what I'm saying? Because... Mm -hmm. That evokes the emotion in us. <laughs> well, I'm just being honest. It's things that happen. It's just a cultural, it's a cultural difference. But the thing to me is I feel like once we can come together and be a strong collective, then we don't have to ask for a seat to the table. We can bring our own seat to the table. And the more stronger you are, the more amp people are to listen. So that's I'll, I'll, I'll let you finish, but I, I'll want to just make an, a, an, a slight addendum to that. Now, nah, fuck bringing anything to the table. We got our own table. It's, it's, that, that, okay, exactly. That, that's what I want exactly. to Like, yeah. I, I don't need your table. We got our yeah, exactly. own table. Okay, go ahead. Exactly. <clears throat> and that's what I meant. Like, when I say we can come together as a collective, mm -hmm. we can have our own table. And mm -hmm. we can slide, we can show you that, hey, we're a collective in force too. We don't need your handouts. We can make our own shit happen. All we're saying is, is give us the opportunity to do that without hindrance. You see what I'm saying? Yep. That's what I'm saying. But the, now once we have that opportunity, well, then what are you going to say it in? Because it's going to become an individual thing. You can't say, well, it's the white man's fault now. You see what I'm saying? I agree. Now, that that is, that so is uh, you know, it's going to take work. And I, I definitely agree with that sentiment. Um, but I think there needs to be a healthy medium of both. Like, like I said, I don't say that uh, protests are counterproductive because I do think things get done. Um, but however, I also think that more needs to be done when it comes to those, are you at those meetings? Are you at those other votes? Like you, you're not, you're not happy with the school board system. Uh, and who's on it, then when that time comes, do what you need to do to get it uh, to where you need it to be in any of any other office. Uh, I definitely agree there. And there is a measure of personal right quick, responsibility. What's Can up? I interject right quick? Mm -hmm. I, 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 let me not say, I didn't mean to say protesting. I meant to say rioting. 
gotcha. protesting. I I agree with protesting. Let me let me take that back. I meant to say rioting. I don't I don't I do not agree with rioting and burning shit down. Yeah. Even though, even though when you burn some shit up, they pay attention. Yep. You see what I'm saying? But I just like I said, I think rioting because once I think for us, once we start rioting, it just goes back to say, well, look, those niggas like to tear shit up, like. Once, see, it's. it's <sighs> can I? Can I? Can see, I and that's that? the problem. And that, and that's the problem with being a black man in America. You see what I'm saying? Like, I'm damned mm -hmm. if I do. I'm, I'm damned, damned if, if I don't. Wrong. Yep. <laughs> well, if let me I, damned I if I do for just a second. If I, I don't agree with Ryan, but when I come to you nice and say, "Hey, look, man, you got your fucking foot on my neck. Mm -hmm. You don't want to move your foot." But then when I go tear some shit up to get you to pay attention, like that child, like, hey, I'm acting out because my parents are not paying attention. They take him to the take him to the doctor and say, oh, he has the problem. Mm -hmm. No, the problem is you're inattentive, uh, inattentive pain. You see what I'm saying? Yep. So now once he's tearing up shit, it's to get your attention. But every time we do that as a people, <laughs> they're destructive. They have no morals. They're angry. What do you want? You have everything. You can go to school. You can go to work. Like, what do you need? Don't you work? If you had a job, you wouldn't be out here rioting. Like, I mean, you know, it's like, it's like really like, like if. It, <laughs> hey, go ahead, well, Craig. Well, let's let's, go ahead, let's 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 answer some of these points that you make. So the first point you make is that we need to we need to know what we want when we come to the table, right? And as Raphael addressed, we should have our own table, right? So when you make this point about coming to the table, what we want, what do we want? What can you actually ask for from the United States government that will benefit us? And more than likely, it would benefit us and nobody else. Like, who, what, can, what can we ask for that they're going to give us? Because what we need is to not have 200 years of oppression what we need is to have had finances given to us equally as it was given to everyone else. But since mm -hmm. that didn't happen, there is no reparation. There's no mechanism in place. There's nobody you can sue that's going to pay for the damage that has happened to us and continues to happen historically to us. So there's no coming to the table. There's nothing we're going to ask for. That's point number one. Point number two, the school vote. This gets back to the electoral election. The only time the electoral election is used is only for the presidency. Everything else, the Senate, the House, local government, uh, uh, governor, all of those, the gubernatorial, all those are um, by the people, uh, by um, <coughs> popular vote. So changing the electoral college solely for the presidency won't change the average life. It won't do anything for you. Uh, point number three, the police. We keep saying that police need to be reformed and refined and changed. Y'all or us are under the impression that the police aren't doing exactly what they were designed to do. If you understand that the police, what the, where they come from, what police were created for were to catch runaway slaves. Does everybody understand that? Yep. Did I, did I lose anybody? Is everybody still tracking? Yep. They were not designed for white people. They were designed to catch black people, mm -hmm. especially the runaways. And then when slavery ended, you had all these professional 
slave catchers that were no longer employed. Hence the start of the police force. All right. So reforming it, changing it, it's doing what it's designed to do. It's just years later. That's all. You're, nothing's going to change on that. And my third mm-hmm. and final point, when we do riot and stuff, and, I, and Raphael, we talked about this. Yes, none of us agree with rioting, but it seems to work. Understand your counterparts. Yep. When they want somebody to change something, they bring action. They get tired of using words. They bring action. So when someone else uses that same theory, they have to debunk it. They have to destroy it and bring it down. It has to be hooligans and thugs and uncivilized. But you saw the videos just like I did. It mm-hmm. wasn't just black people that was tearing up stuff. It was white people tearing up stuff. So, yep. so we have to get to a point where rioting has to be, in my opinion, not the last measure, but the known measure. Right. If things don't change, this will happen. It shouldn't be a question. It should be a known fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. But, you know, they have, a, they have a response, too. They don't mind sending police in the crackheads. They don't well, mind it. So this they don't mind sending National Guard. Yeah, yep. they don't mind sending the National Guard. You saw the National Guard taking knees and praying with people. Yep. So it's not the people that are the problem. It's the leadership. That is the problem. Mm-hmm. It's not the United States government. It's the people that make the decisions in government. So, yep. so when it comes to being a black person in America, we have to understand we have to be all, we always have to be in a point of rebellion. We cannot stand for the status quo. We have to be ready to rebel at any given point. Because if you don't rebel, if you submit, if you subdue, things will not change. They will only get worse. Because that is, in of itself, the American way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's totally right. No. But yeah, I right, listen, make a, man. We can make America great. We're, we're going to put a pin on this because I, I, I would like to, to continue this as far as what do you think we can do to, to really start the, the movement? Because we understand that um, it's going to take a large collective effort. And I believe that's the only thing um, is just getting everyone on the same page as far as what needs to be done. That's why I, that's why I like, you know, what Ice Cube is doing. I like what others like what Dr. Boyce Watkins is doing and Claude Anderson and just all these people. And even to a certain extent, what P. Diddy is doing with the R Black Party. Like I understand. I like the attempt, but there needs to be a larger collective as far as what is being done. But I look, man, we can go on and on for so let's let's go ahead and put a pin in this. I might have to split this up into two parts. But that's dope. That's dope. Yeah, let's make it Eric's part and everybody else's part. Yeah. <laughs> I told you. I what I told, you mean, man? Like, I'm just glad to be on the show. I, I, I had, I, listen, I've been so excited to be a part of the podcast that I've been, every show that y'all done done, I've watched. And I was mm-hmm. like, man, I had so much to say after I watched it. Mm-hmm. But, like, man, listen, man, my son, he's doing good at football, man. And so, yeah. You know, we like, I'm trying to get him. I'm just trying to be the father I didn't have. You know what I'm right. saying? So, right. Yeah, you know, so I wasn't Shout able to, to make Brandon. I, I, I see you doing your thing, man. Keep working. Keep working. Because 
Definitely a bright future ahead. Definitely a bright future ahead. Definitely, definitely. But, uh, but yeah, man, I had so much stored up, man. I was just ready to talk, man. Like, listen, dude. well, I, I think I think we got a, a very good uh, introduction uh, for, for, from you today. We Facts. definitely appreciate it. Facts. So, uh, you know, so we're going to go ahead and end things here. If you're listening, thank you so much for listening. Um, hey, if you're watching, thank you so much for watching. Uh, this is Dante. Uh, this is Craig Mack. Big E, he finally made it. He finally made <laughs> Big it. Big E, baby. He made it, boy. I was fashionably uh, late. Made it. Yep. Made it and took over. Took the whole <laughs> shit over. But that's my boy, man. I love y'all, man. Uh, love y'all, bro. Again, thank y'all so much for supporting. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe. And, uh, yeah, until next time, be safe. Learning, keep growing, and uh, we'll get there together. All right. Good night, everybody. Peace. Peace. Peace.